from the newsroom of South Coast Today, this is ST Speaks, a podcast diving deeper into the news of the day and covering hot-button issues that matter to you. You're listening to ST Speaks. Welcome to Courtside with Kurt. I'm news editor Jennifer Driscoll, and I'm here with reporter Kurt Brown. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Hi, Kurt. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Coming to the end of another week. Another busy week. Yes, but the weather is nice. Yes, it sure is. A little cooler outside. Uh, we're recording this on uh, Thursday. Uh, Jennifer, help me out with the date. <laughs> it's April 25th. April 25th. A uh, little <clears throat> ocean breeze, uh, bright, sunny Clear skies. It's nice. Yes, if only we were outside. If only we were outside. (laughs) But at least we have a window. Yes. (laughs) So today, we're going to flip the show by discussing what is happening behind the badge in New Bedford. The police union uh, revealed survey results recently that show major dissatisfaction with Chief Joseph Codero's leadership. Some highlights of that, they're all related. Basically, dissatisfaction with the working conditions. Morale is lower under the chief. That's the belief. And given the chance, officers would opt to leave, to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the one that's really troubling to me. Uh, How many officers took this survey? Um, I believe the numbers are somewhere in the range of... Let's see, 230 um, on one of the um, surveys, it was 206 to 15. Um, And then another question, it was 216 to 213. And then another question, it was 201 to 21. Um, And the last question, uh, 178 to, to 48. So pretty lopsided. Very lopsided. The, the union, uh, <clears throat> Hank Turgeon, the union president, uh, has said that the um, survey shows that 90% of the membership is are, are not happy with the uh, chief. So with all of this, what's kind of the underlying issue behind all of this? Uh, it depends who you talk to. <laughs> <laughs> There are two sides in, in, in everything. Uh, many people would say there's three sides. There's one side, the other side, and the truth. Uh, <laughs> so the, the union's point of view is the, that they're very critical of the uh, chief's management style. They, uh, to the point where the word micromanage has come up multiple times. Repeatedly, yeah. And that's something you've been hearing for months. For an awful long time, for uh, well into last year, and 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 that's one of the good things I like about this story is that we were able to document it, mm-hmm. document it very fully. Uh, a normal news story will go 10, 15 inches. A lengthy one will go 20, 25. This one, which ran online. Um, last Friday night and in the standard times on Saturday was close to 40 inches. It it was a a full story reflecting both the points of view of both sides. So the union believes that it is the micromanaging, the the style, 
of the chief, the chief counters and saying that uh, that's not the real issue, that it has to do with uh, his attempts to uh, bring, impose some discipline on uh, officers who may make mistakes, um, as well as the contract, the status of contract negotiations. Which are where? They are the... Nowhere. Nowhere. Well, we don't know what's going behind closed doors. Right. But the union is, um, and the city have been, been work. well, the union has been working for the, nearly the last 10 months without a contract. Their uh, previous contract expired in June of uh, 2018. Uh, with all union contracts, there is what they call evergreen language, and so what that means is that when if the contract uh, if the contract expires, you work on the language of the previous one. So the chief side of things is he's saying that he's holding. Now he's been in office three years, right? Correct. He um, three years uh, in May of or next month. Mm, okay. So he's saying, from his point of view, he's just holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also tries to give praise where it's granted. That is correct, yeah. Um, what's what's the kind of things that has he started doing that well, were new under his leadership? Well, these All these promotional um, pr- promotional ceremonies are new on, on his watch. And, and they're very, very nice because it, it recognizes an officer – for uh, advancement in their chosen profession. They usually have a family member who pins the new badge mm. on the officer. Um, they take it, photos. And- they take photos. It's a special occasion. I've talked to many of the officers in the hours before the ceremony, and you can tell they're very excited about it. They're, you know, I mean, they're looking forward to it, and they've got their family coming in, and their family is excited. It genuinely is a nice event. Uh, and then when somebody comes to the end of their career, the chief, uh, under, under Chief Cadero, they've started uh, giving out uh, what he calls shadow boxes, which is a little case with the officer's name and their badge. Uh, mm. The uh, uh, Whenever the chief receives a congratulatory letter from a member of the community, the chief says he puts it into their uh, personnel file, mm-hmm. which is a nice touch. And then the chief also says <clears throat> that he routinely uh, while driving around the city, if he sees an officer on a detail, he'll stop and engage him in conversation just as a sign of support. Good things. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I was just trying to think back to a promotional ceremony you were at, oh gosh, several months ago, mm. where you embarrassed one of the officers because you knew his background and all of the amazing things he had done. Oh, yes. You remember that? <laughs> I do. I don't yeah. quite recall yeah. what yeah. it was all about, but I remember you said, oh, we're going to write about this guy. Yeah. It, I think it was Michael Cassidy. Yes, yeah. there we go. Um, and Michael is a very quiet guy, an unassuming guy. He just doesn't want the publicity, but... Man, he is a first-rate police officer, you know. And <laughs> so that's the sense that I embarrassed him. He was, 
he, he was at the front of the room and he wasn't smiling and, and whenever there was a pause in the proceedings, the mayor was there, the chief was there, the deputy chief was there, I was saying, Mike, will you please smile? <laughs> <laughs> he did. He, he's a classy guy. He's a great police officer. Yes, to him, it, it, this is the job. It's, it's a job. This is a profession. This is what you do. This is what you do, yeah. He's stoic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the chief also, I think this has gotten some giggles, but he also is a big believer in meditation yeah. and mindfulness, yeah. and he's brought that to the department as well. And yoga. And yoga, <laughs> yes. And nutritional eating. Yeah, he wants his officers to be healthy. I know. It, uh, I don't know, know how far that goes. And I, I don't know either. Other you than... come in with McDonald's? Do you kind of get a... <laughs> <laughs> he told me that, and I had not heard about the yoga or the nutritional eating, but I'll tell you, and I've been doing this job for 46 years. I've been covering police in the court for uh, closing probably around 40, and I've never heard of a, of a chief um, emphasizing yoga or nutritional eating at all. So it, it, it is very different. So how many officers are on the force? Um, they're down about 25, and that's a big issue with the... Um, so we've got about 241, and they're yep. budgeted for 266. That's right. But we're down. We're so down. So what kind of problems does that cause? Well, uh, officers are being forced to work. Uh, hmm. uh, junior officers, and the chief acknowledges this, that they're being forced to work uh, overtime shifts. Hmm. Um, I asked the chief about this. Uh, I pressed him on it, and and he says that they're trying to rectify it, that they um, have not been able to secure seats uh, in the different police academies. So what they're trying to do is to reinstate a New Bedford Regional um, Police Academy. Um, I interviewed him uh, last Friday, and he, he called me, and we arranged for the time to meet. But when he called me, he was at the Somerset Police Station with other police chiefs trying to work out a regional police academy. So he's trying to um, to, to resolve the issue. Uh, he says that by the time that they have completed all the tests, uh, they have lost their seat in the academy. By the time what does that mean? By the time they've completed the written exam, the physical agility mm -hmm. tests, the background tests, the psychological tests, the, um, the the seat in the academy has has disappeared. He says that they've inquired with the organizers of the different academies if they can reserve a seat, and the organizers have said no. Uh, will will take it only after the person has uh, completed all the testing. Oh, so you could have a person, a candidate, ready to go, but no spot in the academy. So that's it, a setback. So you'll have to wait for another academy. Any idea how long it takes to get through the academy? I did know. Like it, it, the <laughs> of course, like, now I ask you. <laughs> like many things, it escapes me now. It's not a quick program. Oh, it is not. No, it's um, <clears throat> it's it's a good training session. Um, uh, 
officers come out of there very well prepared. Uh, they do not immediately go on the street, that they're partnered uh, with a uh, more senior officer uh, and then eventually let go on their own. So with these younger officers taking on more, so that's more cases, longer hours, mm. that's one thing the union brought up. What, what problems can that lead to? They're very concerned about burnout, mm. and they're very concerned that the burnout will um, eventually affect the public. By the force even being smaller? Uh, no, no. Or just maybe off interactions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm. so. Um, shorter tempers? Shorter tempers, uh, although they didn't say that. They would never ad- ad- admit to having shorter tempers. No, I don't think anyone would admit to that ever. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you could see it, stress, work stress. Correct. I think doing the job quicker uh, than it should be done. Mm. Now you had a theory about what were you, what's the honeymoon for an officer, and when oh, does this become a concern? Um, so I, I base this on my experience as well as conversations with uh, police officers um, all over the area. Uh, that there is this period, and the, I asked the chief about it. The chief acknowledged it, although he said uh, that the um, the period of the honeymoon is getting smaller. The period of the the middle the middle years, and then uh, or, uh, that window is just getting smaller. But traditionally, a period of like one to five years is an, a honeymoon period for an officer, where they're excited, uh, <clears throat> they're in their chosen profession, and um, they have a passion for the for the job, and really not much bothers them. And then there is this period of like, and what the chief is saying is that that period of one to five years is dropped, that honeymoon period. He would say now it's maybe one to three, one to four. And then there is a period of like four to eight when an officer has to figure it out for themselves because their life has changed. Maybe they've gotten married. Maybe they bought a home. Um, And now they have... They're, they have dueling uh, uh, priorities. And, and they often take on more. Maybe you've be, they take on more become in a life. detective. Yeah. Maybe you mm-hmm. have joined the narcotics unit. Mm-hmm. You're not just at the right. first stop. But then t- traditionally after that period of like f- uh, in between year four or five and year eight, after, after that, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really a good time for them. They're, you know, they've figured they it out. Group. They find their own. They they know what they want to do. Uh, uh, some officers find their niche in whether it's narcotics or detectives, and they want to stay there. And they put promotional exams on the side. Other officers think, no, I want to get ahead. I want to get ahead. So I'm going to go for the sergeant's exam. I want to go for the civil service lieutenant exam, and then for the captain's exam. So they're studying. So those are choices, some of the choices mm-hmm. you have to make as a police officer. So it's really getting officers to that point. That's Correct. critical. That's, that is critical, yes. And on the other side of it, New Bedford also has a concern about upcoming retirements. We also have a little bit of an aging force, mm. which makes those spots in the academy even more critical. Mm-hmm. 
is you need replacements for them. You do. You, you have to recharge those batteries. And uh, youth is a good thing coupled with um, experience. So what about sort of the other party involved here, the mayor's office? Mm. Uh, the police union brought uh, the mayor into this. They did. As well in your story. Yeah. Saying they're not happy with the mayor either. No, they're not. Um, the mayor is not their primary focus in this uh, dispute. The mayor is involved secondarily. That uh, He's essentially the boss of the chief. That's absolutely right. correct. <clears throat> so they said, uh, Hank, Tur- Hank Turgeon told me that they... Uh, he has spoken to the um, mayor on three occasions and that he feels the mayor is ignoring the uh, problem. Uh, I spoke to the mayor's aide, Jonathan Cavallo. And they issued you a statement. They the issued mayor. me a statement. Yeah. In that statement, the mayor um, raised some questions about the credibility and the reliability of the survey by the union. Um, Where is it here? Jennifer, maybe you can help me here. Yes. It said the union would promote its interest by producing the results of a purportedly neutral survey. Those words, purportedly neutral survey. That probably didn't go well. No, I'm sure. Um, And then he says, I believe that everyone would be better off by mm. trying to talk through their differences directly with one another. And I know the chief has been willing to do that. Yeah, And the chief had said that he has an open door policy. Uh, He says the uh, union members are welcome to come into his office and he'll talk to them um, about anything at any time. A lot of this is hinging on the contract. That's true. That's still, that's an awkward, sort of the elephant in the room, Mm -hmm. is you're working without knowing. Mm -hmm. Um, And and this, in in my mind, is is a, a very fluid situation and... It's one of the reasons that we uh, jumped at the chance when we saw that the uh, union had posted the results on their Facebook page of the survey, because this is a political year in New Bedford, and a lot of things could happen. The mayor has not said whether he's running for re-election. Do you think this could wrap up by the time we get into election season? I do not. I, I think that this is a drum that will continue to beat. So if it lingers, then it'll become a talking point. It very well could be. Mm. So it also struck me in your story, this one part, uh, that the union was taking issue with the Chief's High Five Fridays. Can you talk a little bit about that one? Um, sure. The, <clears throat> Chief Cadero uh, wants to to transform New Bedford's police department into a progressive police department. He's really it, big on community policing. Oh, he sure is, yeah. <clears throat> he said that he took this idea from the Obama administration, hmm. um, that he, wanted intera- he wants interaction between police officers in uniform, and school children. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's done this a few times where they have a high-five Friday. 
where officers in uniform will go to the various schools in New Bedford and have a brief interaction, an excited, enthusiastic interaction with the school child. Well, and that will culminate in a high five. Mm-hmm. Um, As the kids are entering school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, the union says that they're being forced into doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they do not like. And the chief's quote, I, I, I thought was interesting here. Um, Because his whole reason behind it is, he said, we're trying to build relationships with the community, especially little kids. We're rock stars to them. Yes. And I I have to agree with that one. Mm. Because when you're five or six and you see someone in that uniform, Mm. um, well, you would hope that you look at them as a hero. Yes. And not as someone to be feared. I think that's what he's getting at. And I think that's exactly right. I think he wants to humanize the officers in the department. And as a result of that, to uh, bring credit to the department as a whole. We can't get away from the fact of New Bedford's population and what these kids see on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely right. There's Opioid addiction. Poverty. Poverty. Bad housing conditions. Gangs. Gangs. Yeah. Gangs trying to recruit all the time. Mm-hmm. So. No matter what your age is. So well, I can see where the chief's coming from on that. It's the sooner you can kind of get in mm-hmm. with a kid and get that image of, you know, the police are here to help and protect, that'll last. Or at least that seems to be his hope. Hmm. So where does the union go from here? We've had this vote. Um, the contract negotiations uh, seem like we don't have a certain end to that. Uh, what's the next step? Or is there one here? Um, I think it's to be determined. Um, it's The thing that I don't like about it is that it's becoming very personal. Mm. And, and that's never a good thing. Uh, to me, it... it and this is just my own opinion here, that it really needs a third-party uh, intervention. Uh, I have tremendous respect for, uh, you'll probably hate me for saying this, for David Lemer, who is the chaplain <laughs> of the police department. But, mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, uh, could they do a vote of no confidence? Yeah, they could, although that I that still kind of way down the road. I think this is as close as they're going to get to a vote of no confidence. Um, I mean, again, this is my own personal opinion, that if I would take these four issues that that they voted on, and I I would love to see committees uh, formed Mm -hmm. uh, from both sides uh, that begin a dialogue on them mm-hmm. uh, to air things out. Um, maybe there's things on, on both sides. that, that Maybe there's things that uh, both sides don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think that talk would help as long as it's not a complaint session. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as that both sides are honestly and sincerely engaged in, in rectifying it because it's not a good thing for the city and it seems very real to me. 
And it's going to take both sides coming together to make any progress. You're absolutely right. I don't think there's either side is all wrong, and I don't think either side is all right. You have any other thoughts on this one, Kurt? No, that's it. I think I don't know. I, maybe perhaps we've gone too long. On this <laughs> one. <laughs> it is a meaty subject. It is, and we, one of the reasons that I like to to do these podcasts is that we here at SouthCoastToday.com realize that uh, you, our public, uh, like to get your news in different ways, that that we have it online for you, we have a print edition, and these podcasts are um, hand-picked subjects of the most important things that we've written about, and they're more of a deep dive into the points raised by both sides in an audio, audio format. We hope you appreciate them. So thank you for joining us today on Courtside with Kurt. For more on the police survey, visit southcoasttoday.com and follow Kurt on Twitter at Kurt Brown. After uh, Mr. Brazil's arrest, he issued a statement that somehow captured